Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Attention. This message is for your own safety. Our nation is in crisis. A state of emergency has been declared. Should you find your safety compromised, it is vital that you do not panic. Hello and welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today, right now, in the modern eye. My name is Robert Larone. With me is nobody. Blaine's still on vacation. JM's still away. And this week I thought, well, don't I deserve a bit of a vacation? So I didn't schedule a new Rewatchability recording this week. However... I did go down to the rewatchability vaults, blew away a layer of dust, and I happened to find something pretty special that I think you will enjoy. It is the recording of our November 2018 live show slash screening at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival that occurred right here in Toronto. And it was a great night. We talked about Shaun of the Dead. We had our frequent guest Alex West there. We drank a whole bunch. I don't know how I got home, but it was a great time. And now finally, we get to share that with you. It is only about 20 minutes long, and there is some procedural stuff. Uh, there is a drinking game, which you can participate at home, though I you know, enjoy responsibly, and also some trivia questions. Uh, the prizes have all been given away, though they might be back in the resale bin by now, so you can go check that out. But after the live mini-sode, to sort of pad it out a little bit, I have gone through our archives and picked out some of the memorable moments that we've had with some of the many guests that we've invited on the program. Over the years, we've had tons of people on, some great guests like Auntie Donahue, like Todd Van Allen, Peter Kinnett, all these people we're going to hear from in the second half of the program. So I hope you'll stick around for that. Also, I should thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us one, three, five dollars a month, and that helps us keep the podcast going. Helps us put out new content every week, except kind of this one. And we love you guys, and we thank you. And in return, you get the podcast early. You get it in better quality, and it is ad free, so you don't have to hear whatever we're hawking at you: diet pills, erection medication. Who knows? You don't. You don't have to because you've paid not to. So please go to Patreon.com and donate. Without further ado... Hot Docs Podcast Festival presented in partnership with CBC Podcasts. Uh, my name is Will Denovi. I'm the curator of the festival. And I am very pumped to welcome you all to this special screening of Shaun of the Dead presented by the Rewatchability Podcast. <laughs> Before I hand the stage over to our hosts, uh, I just want to take this opportunity to extend a special thanks to some folks who were instrumental in putting together tonight's event. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Annalisa Nielsen and the team at E1 for their generous support of tonight's event. Uh, a big thank you also to our friends at Toronto After Dark Film Festival and Toronto Indie Horror Fest. Uh, they're our co-presenters of tonight's event and doing great work to support film culture here in Toronto. That's right. Uh, 
And then one final very important announcement. Uh, last call is at 1230. So we're going to be doing some fun drinking games tonight, so, so just keep that in the back of your minds as the movie's playing. If you're not already familiar with it, Rewatchability is an awesome podcast dedicated to revisiting movies of the past to see how they hold up today. Uh, with the spirit of Halloween still in the air, the hosts have joined us to celebrate Shaun of the Dead. Uh, the now classic Zom rom-com that turned British filmmaking trio Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost into household names and gave way to hit movies like Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Please join me in giving it up for the hosts of Rewatchability, J.M. McNabb, Blaine Waters, and Rob LaRonde. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Hey. Hey, hey. We're Rewatchability. I'm Blaine Waters. Robert Larone. J.M. McNabb. And uh, we rewatch old movies to see how they hold up in the modern eye today, now. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do that with Shaun of the Dead tonight. Uh, we also have some prizes to give away before the movie starts. We uh, are going to tell you about that drinking game in just a bit. Uh, but we are also joined by a great guest, Alex West of the Faculty of Horror Podcast. Come on up, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're a regular on our podcast. Yeah, I kind of feel like the uh, April to your three fourths of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> we can find another Ninja Turtle. In this scenario, one of the Ninja Turtles is dead. <laughs> yeah, like they're a zombie by now. Yeah. So in the podcast, we go around when we first watched the podcast. Let's do that now. JM, when did you first uh, see the movie? Shaun of the Dead. I, you know, I missed it in theaters. I wanted to see it. You know, I, I was in film school at the time. And I feel like a lot of the people liked it, but there was this contingent of kids that really didn't like it because they were bitter film students who I think wanted to make that movie as soon as they graduated and were really bummed that this movie even existed. So for some reason, I, I held back and I watched it. I watched it actually on Boxing Day. Okay. Uh, good day. Yeah, it's a good day. And a fighting day. I watched it alone. Okay. Because uh, all my family had left. <laughs> and uh, the saddest story. What did you do to them? <laughs> were they no. zombies? <laughs> they were all zombies. No, but I watched it alone, and I loved it. I thought it was great. And the next day I went out and I bought the DVD. <laughs> what a touching Christmas miracle. It was. But also, was it on sale at least? It was Boxing Day. Yeah. No, this was back when DVDs were worth actual money. <laughs> and I had to spend like $30 on this DVD. Oh my God. At an HMV that's probably a Halloween superstore now. <laughs> For a university student, that's, that's some strange. Yeah. yeah, so it's, I mean, it's always been one of those movies that I've, you know, gone back to and rewatched from time to time because it's, it's just that good. Sweet. Rob, when did you first see this movie? I saw it later. I actually saw Hot Fuzz first. I what? Think. You ruined the whole, the whole lineage of this movie. I saw Godfather 2 first. Oh, my God. All right. So I didn't see this till after that. But, I mean, I enjoyed Hot Fuzz enough that I went back and watched Shaun of the Dead after. Um, I don't think it was my favorite movie. And I also think that at the time, it was, like, at the point where we were sort of oversaturated with zombies. And, uh, you know, okay. it was, you know, it was just, there was a point where everybody was into zombies. And everybody thought that zombies were the only cool thing. And everybody thought that they were unique because they liked zombies. Uh, <laughs> Everyone is I hope I'm not offended. Anybody. They all came to see the movie that you're like, I don't like this movie. But I, no, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was like a good comedy, you know, and yeah. No, I, I think this movie is kind of one of those things that's like something that we love, but also birthed a lot of terrible things. Yes, for sure. It's like the Sex Pistols to the other zombie movies, Blink 182. Hey, hey, no. Yeah. Blink is all right. All right. I think all right. you should leave. <laughs> but I, I think there also was a sense just before this of we need to update zombies. Like, yes. zombies were running around. It was and, 28 days later. Yeah. 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 Fast zombies. Yeah. yeah. 
So I feel like this movie got things a bit back to basics, but right. then it did kind of, yeah. It was like a this. reset to the genre. Yeah, but the zombie mania that followed was, was sketchy at best. Mm-hmm. What about you, Alex? When did you first see this movie? So I was actually debating today, uh, knowing that this question was coming to me, about how personal I wanted to get oh my this God. question. <laughs> I know. You're all very excited. So I saw this opening weekend when it came out in 2004. <laughs> I had just gone away to university in Montreal, and I got so homesick. And this film you should have watched it with JM. He was all alone. <laughs> yeah, where were you? <laughs> I was in Montreal. But then this film came out at the end of September. That's how long I lasted being homesick in Montreal for Toronto. So I used Shaun of the Dead as an excuse to come home and see my parents. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, we all went to see it in the theaters. Um, Did you see hey, it mom. with your mom? Yeah. yeah. Let's go see a movie where the mom gets shot in the face. <laughs> yeah. By the Did way, you I tell your mom, mom, I would shoot you in the face if you were a zombie? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's love. Nice. You yeah, know? Well, and also a film where, you know, the father figure is repeatedly referred to as not my father. Mm. So it's, it's a big movie. Anyway, <laughs> but I love, uh, I loved British humor. My dad's British, so I was raised on it. And um, zombies, horror, that's kind of my jam. So I was primed for it. And I, I really wasn't disappointed. I had a great time with it. And uh, it, it felt really, like, reinvigorating to go see it. Great. Alex, you're more plugged into the horror scene than us. I don't know if you can tell. I hope so. Is there a scene? Is there a horror scene? Yes. Yeah? There's Toronto Indie Horror Fest, Toronto After Dark. There's a million... Yeah, come on. You guys guys know. Good, good. (laughs) What is the kind of, like, sense of this movie, do you think, in the horror community? Is it still well-regarded? Is it... Or do the community... Yes? Okay, good. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I I love that. One guy. Um, Yeah, this is... This is kind of off... referred to as one of the great horror comedies. Um, And I think one of the good things to think about when we think about horror comedies is, is it a horror comedy or a comedy horror? Oh! Yin and Yang. So, well, what's the difference between so the two? Well, Blaine, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so <laughs> we to break, that question. <laughs> to break that down a little bit, Faculty of Horror did a, an episode about uh, horror comedies in the summer. If you want to go listen to that, we did Young Frankenstein and uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And I found this definition where a horror comedy is a, com- or is a horror film that has comedy elements in it. So I would think of that as something like Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Right. Which is so bloody, so gory, so indebted to a horror lineage that you almost kind of can't get away from it. Whereas something, uh, you know, something else, maybe like maybe a Shaun of the Dead is more of a comedy horror where the emphasis is on the comedy Mm. rather than the horror elements and the horror can kind of be a framing device to it. Right. But I think that's up for debate and I think that's up for interpretation. Well, no, I like that. Yeah. Because the whole horror setup of this movie seems like it's there for Shaun. Like he is introduced as a zombie in this movie, shuffling forward. He hasn't made a decision in his life. He's like listless. And therefore the whole world becomes like that to be like to shake him up. To get him out of it. You know, and I think there's also something really important about this film and the way it portrays zombies, as Jam was alluding to. Zombies, uh, around 2004, we just kind of come out of uh, 28 Days Later, which was huge, and uh, Zack Snyder's one good film, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Um, you know uh, uh, you're I'm not right. A, you're not an you Owls know. of Gahul fan? Yeah, the Gahul, though. <laughs> Gahul. <laughs> and so these are like fast, moving, viral, angry zombies. And then you have Shaun of the Dead, which is, you know, it's, it's so indebted to George Romero's zombie films. The slow-moving zombies with the kind of ambiguous, we don't really know how it happened. When, when you watch this film, watch out for all the different references that are kind of alluded to, but also you don't kind of fully hear what happened. There are a few really interesting references throughout the film um, that might imply various things about how these zombies came to be. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely more interested in like referencing horror than being horrific. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem very scary at parts. Well, no. I, you know, I would argue back. I think what's works about this movie is there is this kind of history of, of horror comedies or comedy horrors where they take kind of a horror premise or a horror world and just add in comedic elements like the zombies are never really played for laughs like they feel like Romero zombies 
I was, I was thinking back to, you know, movies like, uh, you know, the Abbott and Costello monster movies. Like, they actually went out and got, you know, Bela Lugosi and Karloff and those types of characters. Or even, like, there's a movie I love, the, uh, the 1930s Cat and the Canary mm. was a remake of, like, a silent horror movie from, you know, not that long before that. But they just put Bob Hope in there. <laughs> so it's just... It's just terrifying. Like an, it's an old-timey thriller, and then Bob Hope's just there making jokes sometimes. But it really works, because I... And I think that's what works about Shaun of the, Shaun of the Dead, is that it, it kind of, in a lot of ways, feels like a Romero movie in the plotting, in the zombies, but you do have the characters that we're following are comedic ones. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, horror comedy hybrids don't get, is that you need the, the horror. It's a, it's a gory movie. It's a, you know, it doesn't play it safe when it comes to the horror elements. Yeah, and it does put the character in, like, tough positions where he does have to do something truly horrifying uh, to, to escape, to get out of it, like, like we'll see in, in the movie. I guess it's not a spoiler that he kills people in this movie. Oh, he I'm likes sorry. killing I'm people. Sorry, guys. Oh God, there's walkouts already. That's great. I ruined the movie. Ruined the movie. Well, also, I, there's zombies in this. Sorry. <laughs> I think another really interesting thing that this movie excludes dare I spoil something else, um, is that in a lot of uh, traditional zombie films, um, it's like, the zombies are not the monsters, humanity is. Oh. Oh. And you have that, and that's kind of a main kind of thematic narrative that happens in the film, and you don't really get this kind of outsider big bad, so to speak, in this film. The zombies are sometimes a catalyst for Sean to act or not act. And uh, really, it's about one young man's emotional immaturity. The zombies are incidental. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I also, one thing I like about this movie is there, <laughs> when I was thinking about it, is the kind of vagueness of Sean's self-actualizing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think in a worse movie, there'd be like, at the beginning of the movie, Sean would be like baking something. They'd be like, Sean, you never opened that bakery you always talked about. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know, like I know. The 90s version of this? Yeah, yeah, like it's just about him kind of like getting his act together. And like the Judd Apatow version of this would be about, you know, and then the last scene would be he opened that bakery. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit more broad, it's a bit more universal, I think. Yeah, and I like, in the end, he kind of does settle down into like a half state of being the guy who just sits on the couch all the time, but wants more. Yeah, it's, it's a half Half change. Yeah, it's like not a full change. He sort of learned something. Yeah, a little bit. Learns how to like brain a zombie. Important skill. <laughs> exactly. Well, even if you listen to what Liz, his girlfriend, says at the end of the film of what they're going to do that day, is it that different than what Sean wants? It's the, the same. It's the same. <laughs> but yeah, well, we we don't want to spoil too much in case anyone hasn't seen it. Has anyone here not seen the movie? Oh, great! Oh, That's fantastic. Wow. We haven't spoiled anything. No, the way. character changes yeah. in every movie. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a really sad movie if the characters just didn't change at all. Uh, uh, we do have, we have a few, we have a drinking game for you. Who has a drink yeah. in the audience? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can do this with soda too. It'll make you really hyper. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get through those drinks pretty fast. So uh, let's go over some of the rules for this drinking game. All right. Here, let me get. Get, get ready. All right. Okay, every time in the movie, you don't have to. I think legally we say you don't have to drink at these things. Yeah, because, but you know, we don't want to be pressure, liable. You should drink. But you should, you know. I, don't want, we don't want you shuffling home at the end of the night yeah, like a zombie. We're just saying if you're cool, you'll drink at these things. <laughs> what? No, that's, no, no. You can't have a pint no. and wait for it all to blow over. Okay. Yeah, uh, we do have a keg stand at the back, though, so. Every time someone says the word Winchester... Mm. Yeah, this does crop up a fair bit. So yeah. you see where this is going already. We would like you to take a drink. Or if that's Tiny drinks, yeah. sips. Yeah, yeah, a little, you know. Yeah. Or you can is clap. It also, when they imply the Winchester, there's a couple Winchester implications. Yeah, like, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. All right. Yeah, you guys are Expand the rule. Alex is trying to get you drunk. I am. Every time you recognize a classic horror reference, be it mm. the name of an Italian restaurant or, you know, an employee at the electronics store. Yeah. We take would like drink. you to take a drink. And smirk to yourself because you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen horror movies. All right. You're better than other people. I know references. Uh, every time someone gets bitten, yeah. zombie or otherwise, mm-hmm. in the movie or in the audience, we don't care. Mm-hmm. You're, you're bit. 
and finally, every time Sean himself takes a drink, we would like, you know, to get the full experience. Yeah. yeah. This movie's in 4D if you take a drink every time Sean takes a drink. <laughs> 4D. We'll also come around blowing your face when there's wind. I hate those 4D. That's when awful. is there wind? I don't know, that's probably wind. Please see the management if Blaine is blowing in your face during the movie. Just to keep well, you awake. This is a midnight screening. I mean, I mean, do you guys want to talk about the weird smell that England has? What? <laughs> I, I don't think in Toronto we should be talking about weird smells. Like we, we have our own. We, we, it's called summer. We talked about what we could talk about in the stage, and that wasn't one of those. No, what's, yeah. there's a weird smell? It smells musty. It, it smells yeah. kind of like a... Damn, yes, yeah. It's an old country. It's the very zone. You're actually British, so you know. Oh, there we go. It's great. A lot of British people come here to get away from the death smell. That's the main reason. Actually, you know, my uh, my wife's parents are English, and, you know, to, I think to, to the point of how this movie is kind of mismarketed when it came out, my wife and her brother went to go see this movie thinking it was a cool new zombie movie and left her dad, who loves British comedy, at home mm. fools so, yeah it was sad shows poorly yeah but I mean it's you know everyone loves it now yeah we have a few trivia questions about the movie yeah with some prizes yeah prizes. what prizes they're mainly blu-rays <laughs> so if you don't if you have a Roku it's not gonna fit PS3 though it'll work yeah if you have if, yeah, PS2 PS3 if you really? put a drink down on something yeah does it really work on a PS3 yeah yeah, they're, that's they're great news. Everyone we just changed the your life. Player. Yeah, you guys really did. No. You can answer these questions if you want. I helped okay. write them. Uh, yeah, don't answer these questions. Uh, well, if anyone, <laughs> okay, if anyone knows the answer, what was uh, the sitcom before this movie that uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost were oh, all involved in? The first hand up was over there. The man. Don't the yell it out. You raise your hands. I'm in the habit. Thank you. Space yes, is right. Course, come on come up. On. Yes, nice. And for the for the first film we're giving away, uh, you're, you're going to get Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Woo! It's a good movie. That's a good play. movie. I'm going to have to throw this at you. Oh, you, you oh, have it? Get him a different one then. No, I'll give you. We okay, got other. We got other ones here. I, okay, you probably don't own these. Uh, <laughs> they're Canadian movies. They're the, the the Great Goon, which is actually this is a pretty good Canadian. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, Jay Baruchel. And good and and bad cop, bon cop, bad cop. I'll take that one. Okay. All right, great. Yeah. Let's give it up for him. Bon choice. Yeah. It's good. Great. People with Blu-ray players already own all the Blu-rays, Blaine. <laughs> there are so many. Question number two. If you know the answer and you're that guy, you might already have all the prizes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what kind of ice cream unites the, the trilogy? This is pretty... Oh, right in the front here, I think. was. For... Yes. Okay, but what, what flavor or color is this movie? Oh. Strawberry. Oh. oh. This guy. Okay. This guy is dressed up like Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Well Can we just done. point that out? That's two Blu-rays. One for you. Each of you. You can get Goon. Why are you John throwing them at I'm, them? I'm trying. I can't. I'm going to fall if I... Oh, you want... You don't want... Okay. What do they not want? I'm going to end up with Goon at the end of the night. I'll take Goon. I mean, Goon did you good. Think, do you think we were watching Shaun of the Dead tonight? We're doing The Skulls with Joshua Jackson. <laughs> I thought everyone here knew that. Okay. And the final question for whatever... What's the last prize? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. Oh! Oh, yes. it's so good. It's, I love uh, it's, it's, you can watch. No, don't tell no, them. Don't, don't tell them. them. They have to answer the question first. It's they won't so want good. Them. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, which, you need to name the two cast members of this movie, or at least two, that appeared in the British office. Yeah. There's one for sure that I know of, but I couldn't name the other one. You guys have it. Come on. I know. I know it. Don't look at your phones. Two people were in the British office. Oh, there's one person back there. I don't think Bill Bill Nighy was was ever in the the office. office. Is anyone else? Yeah. There was a hand behind you, I think, He's in everything else British, so it's easy to get mistaken. mistaken. Well, I don't think... One of them is a supporting part of his cameo. Oh, you know, I think he may have... Peter Serafinowicz? We was he, in, he might have been in an office. Was that, yeah. Was he not? What? <laughs> well, then I would know the name of the woman who was. She's one of the main characters. Yeah, she's... British Pam! 
All right, who Lucy says Lucy something? something? <laughs> no, it's that guy again. Okay, no. <laughs> he knows everything. All right, well, who said Martin Freeman first? Oh, no. All right. Yeah. All right, well, you win. It was Lucy Davis. Lucy Davis. Come on up. We would have accepted the British version of Pam. <laughs> the, also. And you get the prize of Goon. No, no. Uh, <laughs> We can have goon uh, Yeah, you, you can get Goon, too. You can have Goon. Uh, Tell them about the prize he won. So this is Now You See Me, and you get to watch it with your cool Now You See Me 2 glow-in-the-dark sunglasses. Woo! Yeah. Woo! It's not in 3D. Okay. This is the movie where Jesse Eisenberg is a magician that can literally, like, escape from a police station using, using stage magic. It's... It's but amazing. As JM pointed out, why would you need glow-in-the-dark sunglasses? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Please don't wear inside. those in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, should we get to the movie now? I think, I we, think should we should get, get to the, the movie. movie. Who's excited for Shaun of the Dead? You came here to see it. Thank Let's you so much it. for coming out, and don't forget to drink during all those things I said that I've already forgotten. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wasn't that fun? Okay, so we'll be back with our best of the guests segment after this break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Rewatchability. Thanks for joining us again. This is the Shaun of the Dead Best of the Guests episode. So I thought it would be a nice thing to look back through all the episodes we've we've done, basically 380 of them so far, and just pick out a few where we had special guests and just just listen to them. And, you know, I think that we've had some great conversations with some interesting people over the years. Some of them were our friends. Some of them are our friends now. And, you know, they've all been a big part of this podcast. So... I hope that you enjoy this. We have a few conversations. I'll sort of pop in just to give you a little bit of context. Um, But, you know, it's the podcast. They're talking about movies. Uh, So first up, we have Todd Van Allen, who is a comedian. He hosts the podcast Comedy Above the Pub. And he came on to talk to us about that amazing Coen Brothers movie starring Nicolas Cage, Raising Arizona. And then following that, uh, we're going to have Peter Kinnett, who is a journalist in Toronto. Uh, He's going to talk about... This was recorded back when Roseanne was being brought back, before all the brouhaha with, you know, Roseanne being awful, and then they had to kill her off in the show, and then they had to do the second season as the Connors and just, you know... Roseanne's dead. They killed her. But anyway, we're talking about that way back, just before it premiered. And, uh, and Peter was great and brought a lot of great perspectives to the program. So listen to that now. Todd, you suggested this. When right. was the first time you saw it? What did Raising Arizona mean to you? I saw it in the... I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theaters in 87. Right. So, and it would have been in Kingston mm-hmm. at the Capitol Theater okay. down there in go. there. there and just blown away by it. And it became one of those movies that when I went to rent movies, let me explain. <laughs> Before you could just pop on movies onto your television or your phone, yeah. you had to go to a store and pick up a physical VHS cassette rendering of said movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, that doesn't sound true. And it, and it might be in, it might not be in, and when, typically when they weren't in, the things I wanted to see, I would go, Raising Arizona, that's my go-to, and I just kept watching it and watching it. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it was the intro into the Coen Brothers. Right. And well, it was their second movie. Yeah, it was their second movie. And I didn't one. know that until doing this podcast. Right. I totally... So... 
in the same video store where I would repeatedly rent Raising Arizona, they had the Coen Brothers, they advertised on the cover, the Coen Brothers first from the makers of Raising Arizona, like they rebranded it, right? right, right yeah. It's like, it was Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, Blood, let's watch this one. It sounds be, hilarious. It sounds great, right? <laughs> oh, a laugh riot. Yeah. My thighs and ribs are going to be so sore from the cracking and the slapping. And I had to stop halfway through because if I'm not mistaken, up to that point, that was my first film noir that I'd ever seen because it was it was their film noir. It's how they introduce themselves to the world. And I stopped halfway through and I had to re like pick up where I left off the other the next day. I'm not getting these jokes. It was too heavy, right? (laughs) I'm sitting there going, am I watching it wrong? Like, how is this not working? And it just and so it just it impressed upon me that these these brothers knew what they were doing in terms oh, of yeah. like being able to, and their, their work after that showed a testament to it. They're able to pick a, a point in time and exploit that particular oeuvre that, that pati- they get the feeling of it right yeah, yeah. like a like, place or a culture or mm-hmm. a person yeah like, like Mil- miller's crossing their next one which mm-hmm. was a 1920s prohibition gangster movie yeah right Never have you heard sort of like that dialogue yeah, in yeah. gangster movies. It was like, you know, what's the rumpus? No, yeah, what's yeah. the rumpus? Like, take your flunky and dangle. <laughs> when? <laughs> First of all, which one is my flunky? I'm not really sure. And how does one dangle? Yeah. And, you know, like, it's, like, it's that they, they just Fargo as well. Like, they really yeah. know they know how to pick sort of like the, their surroundings and, and kind of go back. And then mm-hmm. this, this was sort of my first introduction to that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Roseanne, let's talk about our sort of personal history right. with Roseanne. Did we watch it when it was first on TV? Mm-hmm. Peter, what about you? I mean, I did. I, I can't recall exactly when that started because I would have been four or five when it actually started airing. But definitely by the third or fourth season, like in the mid-90s, I watched it every Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, with my mother. And I used to tape every episode on VHS and like make my own box sets before there were such a thing. Yeah, it was like, I was I was mildly obsessed with it as like an eight to 12 Did you have like a filing system I would like just write the Roseanne like with the the script that they you didn't have like a spiral notebook with like all the episodes no no okay yeah alright it wasn't a crazy person (laughs) oh so you put you tried to like mimic the font I tried to mimic the font and like yeah yeah you know I did that with Seinfeld (laughs) oh that's that's interesting so you actually are like a a big fan of the show from way back yeah I mean I've probably seen every episode four or five times and I I do genuinely believe that seasons four five six are among the best seasons of television ever made wow yeah yeah Yeah. high praise what about you rob you watched it when it was on no not so much i mean there was a lot of sitcoms on and i think it just was a little bit too close to home the connors sort of looked and felt a lot like my family there was a lot of insulting each other and making fun of each other's weight or appearance or you know abilities and just uh, without the studio audience yeah it doesn't go as well without the laugh track (laughs) i don't know it just hurt feelings it felt like not something that I could escape into. When I came home from school, I wanted to go somewhere that did not resemble my kitchen. So I didn't really catch on to Roseanne, though I sort of recognized a while back that it was probably a better show than I gave it credit for. Also, quite traumatically, in high school, I was bullied by a girl in my grade 11 English class who called me Darlene because I had (laughs) a ponytail. (laughs) And uh, That's why you didn't watch Roseanne? Yeah, well, you know, it stung. But also... Uh, she was a beloved television icon. Why? That's not an insult. I know. Now I think it's great. I mean, yeah. watching episode one, I, I sort of see it, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm actually less insulted now. What about you, Jam? Yeah, I think like you, Peter, I was a bit too young when it first came on, but caught it in reruns and eventually was watching it week to week. And yeah, it was just a big show for me. Like, I remember every episode very distinctly there are certain just like you know rewatching it now certain lines of dialogue that have just stuck with me you know the way some of the actors just intone certain words right. just you know have burrowed their way into my consciousness they're like your TV family they kind of are they're among several that I had <laughs> growing up uh, the Bankses the Simpsons <laughs> Yeah. The Matters. Well, uh, the... the uh, family Matters. What was the name on... Who's the boss? What was that family? The Bosses? The Bosses, no yeah. idea. No, a- Angela something... A- Angela Bauer. Okay. Right. I, I don't know if you'd call them the Bowers, because the Maselli's were there, too. Yeah. So the, the Maselli's and the Bowers. Maselli Bowers. I don't know why we're talking about Mixed this. families. Uh, oh, Roseanne. 
So next up, we have Bridie McLean, who is a podcaster. She's part of the Turn Me On podcast on the Entertainment One Network, which we are also a part of. Always forget to mention it. But she came on to talk about The Breakfast Club and a little bit about the life of a performer. So this is her talking about performing as one of Canada's iconic characters. And also in the vein of acting and performing, uh, we have had Blaine's friend and collaborator, J. Adam Brown, on the podcast a few times. Uh, this was the first time he was talking about the movie Man of the House. Now, a bit of a context warning uh, he talks about a scene in a movie in which his character sexually assaults somebody so just be wary of that coming up and also fans of Jonathan Taylor Thomas might just want to skip mm, five or six minutes ahead so thanks for coming on and talking about The Breakfast Club, which we'll get into. I can't believe we haven't done this movie. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a big movie. It's a huge I can't movie. believe you haven't either. It's like, I would have thought it would probably be episode number one when I was looking back through them all. Yeah, but I know we we were like teen boys in the you know 90s, so I think we went for Ghostbusters and stuff like that Yeah, when we first started. We are like, we just want to talk about Die Hard every episode. It was <laughs> it was pretty bad. We've come a long way. Is what now I'm we're saying. ready to look back on the high school experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This was everyone's high school experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly like it. Yeah. Everyone was a stereotype. I was a stereotype. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> I was probably like the motorhead guy. You were into metal and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't, I wasn't like a badass or anything. I just looked dirty. <laughs> Small town Ontario. <laughs> there you go. Brady, if you had to be a stereotype from this movie, what one would it have been? That's a great question. I was really contemplating that um, yeah. this morning. I'm definitely somewhere between um, Ali Sheedy's character, the the what it's like, the maniac, not the maniac, the the She's weird, like a proto goth, the or weirdo, yeah, the weirdo. I think she is the weirdo, the brain, and the princess. I was, I definitely thought I was like the princess, but I was probably more like the brain, and then <laughs> and then I was the only theater kid in my school, so I was the weirdo as well. You're you're from out east. Yeah. Where, where which uh, which town are you from? I'm not from a town. I'm from Malpec, Prince Edward Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. There's, there's where no your town? oysters come from? Is that? Do you know Anne of Green Gables? Oh, don't ask. <laughs> Everyone yeah, from yeah. PEI gets asked that <laughs> I'm question. Sorry. I'm hey, sorry. I'm sorry. You're talking to like a an actress from PEI, so you can be right. guaranteed that I've definitely played her. You know, right, at, like a point in my life. Well, it's our big like national character. I mean, like Anna Green Gables is huge in Japan. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. they love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. she's Cameron. everywhere. <laughs> I, I played her in uh, Barbados. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's the story behind that? Just before we get uh, into Well, there's actually a huge Canadian expat community in um, Barbados. And so Canada Day, they wanted a little Anne down there for, for a big party at the mayor's house. So, yeah, I went down for a couple of days when I was about, I don't know, I must have been 18, 18 or 19. Played, and you, play, and you played Anne? Was it like just co like cosplay? Did you just go around and meet people as Anne? Yeah, Gibbs? I went to the grocery store and <laughs> they sold McCain's potatoes and French fries. So I, I did that. I did a little like taste testing in the grocery store. And then I literally went and performed a scene in at the mayor's house for a big party that he had on Canada Day. You're like an ambassador for our nation. You betcha. You betcha. Just exporting Just, our, our culture everywhere. Yeah. Isn't the new Anna Green Gables TV series written by one of the writers from Breaking Bad? Yeah. yeah. Isn't she uh, like addicted to, meth? <laughs> She's show, not addicted to meth? The showrunner, actually. Actually, my friend Jenna works on that show, and they're casting right now for, for new characters, so get spread the word. Ooh. But not for <laughs> new Anne. Not for... Not new Anne, Anne no. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Brady, you could, you have experience. You could I could be Anne. What are you talking about? You, oh, sure, Rob, you could, you could be Anne too. Have you ever worn a red wig with braids? Who hasn't? Okay. <laughs> That's like right. Tuesday for Rob. I could also be the Wendy's character. <laughs> I think her name is Joan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Or okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Brady, when did you first see this this movie? I'm going to say I was probably about 12, 12 or 13. 
Okay. It was too old for me, or I was too young for it. But I remember my my stepmom bought it home. You know when you used to get DVDs or um, VHSs for Christmas and like. Mm-hmm birthdays and stuff it was oh, definitely yeah. a Christmas present and uh, my dad did not approve of the strong language in it but I, I probably watched it like 20 times before Wait, I was 14 watch or 15 it with you? did your dad watch it with you? Uh, no he would walk into the room at exactly the moment someone was <laughs> swearing and uh, parents are so good at fruit. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> all like the sexy moments in a movie yeah would walk in and be like oh I don't I don't know I yeah. know my stepmom also bought me uh, Wayne's World and we were watching that together and there's like simulated sex and I was like I gotta go to the bathroom and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you climbed out of the window and never came back <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great Wayne's World is a sexy movie <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's just, it's one of the most erotic features out there. Oh, man. Mike Myers? Yeah. Dana Carvey. You remember that scene where he's like, camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two, and he's over oh, yeah. in Jess's underwear? That was yeah, yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's the simulated sex that I'm referring to. <laughs> it was, I think that's the worst simulated sex scene of all time. There's, there's no sex. That's, that's how it. I do it. <laughs> just by falling on someone? It's going to accidentally yeah. happen. It's mostly falling. Yeah. <laughs> Did it leave like a, a impact on you? Did did you for sure yeah okay for sure the breakfast up I, I mean that's why I watched it so many times I think th- there was something really well I had a I storylines for every character in the movie you know I had a relationship I think to every character in the movie and I tried to make make sense of my own junior high and high school experience by watching kids I thought that I thought were kids been like a little bit older than me and what right. their experience was and I came from such a small non-glamorous town and my school was so small that I just like I think I think I, I wanted to believe that like in real life in real places high school was like a little more like this yeah I get that coming from a small town like it doesn't quite seem like your world yeah, 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 but it's it's perfect. It's you know, like makes something kind of beautiful out of like what feels like horrible experience. And again, like I don't feel bad kind of poking fun at him because like every girl in grade six loved him. Yeah, that's right. He could use being taken down a few pegs. Am I right? <laughs> so yeah. speaking of how much girls love JTT, I worked with JTT, yeah. as, as you know. And, what? Um, <laughs> and and uh, he actually, when I worked with him, had a bodyguard on set. We were shooting in Acton, Ontario. And there were crazy, like, hillbilly girls <laughs> who would come out on set and be like, there was always, like, JTT, will you marry me? They'd have calendars and magazines, and they were kind of, like, put in this pen, and the bodyguard would always be there. Like, to, and JTT at the time was probably in his early 20s. He could have taken care of himself. I don't know why he had a bodyguard. It's just a real bummer. He just can't let the guy go. It's like, you know, that lasted for a while. Were the girls sort of, like, our age, or were they younger? The girls were definitely younger. Although there was, oh. there was also a few like JTT weird ones. gets older, the girls stay the same age. <laughs> there was always a few, a few older ones who were like, "Oh man, are you Sometimes really here? Like, why are you at work? Why are you yeah, yeah. somewhere? <laughs> right. Don't you have children that need you to take care of your child? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he dealt with it well. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, was he was he nice to work with? Did you... JTT was cool. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was all right, man. He um, right. he was very short. I'm sorry if you if you're listening, John. No, there's, uh, there's uh, your, the secrets out. There's a you lot get to of call actors him John? like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I called him bro. Oh. No, no, I, I, I called him friend. <laughs> I called him Ben because I saw this movie yeah. and I got really confused. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, yeah. I know there are a lot of actors that are like really short. Like you assume they're right, yeah. like Tom Cruise. I feel like he's Tom Cruise short though. Like yeah, he's, right. he's really yeah. he's real okay. short. Okay. Um, but we 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 were yeah we were set pals. He he called me one time to go play laser tag. Ah, uh, really? but I wasn't home. Oh, um, that was the one time. That was like my chance to really like get inside his psyche and kind of delve a little deeper. You were gonna like, shoot home. You're yeah. gonna sing with Freud about laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> Hold him hostage. Totally. Tell yeah. me about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the man of the house now? <laughs> Just get a bee's nest and hold it near him. Hey, remember this? From Man of the House? Everybody dance now! <laughs> dancing with the bees? You're dancing with the bees! He's like, I'm allergic! <laughs> Wait, so what was this movie that you were in uh, with Jonathan Taylor uh, Thomas? It's called it's called Common Ground. It's sort okay. of a, a more serious movie than the movie we all watched. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about uh, homophobia throughout the ages, and okay. we were in a section uh, during the 1970s. Really? It was throughout the ages? Yeah, it was the 50s. 
the seventies and the nineties. I guess those are some of the ages. (laughs) (laughs) All the ages, medieval times. Give me Rome. And so we were part of the seventies section, and he played this kid who was trying to come out to his teacher, who was also gay. And I played the bully at the school, Mm -hmm. uh, which is hilarious because I bullying's not cool. Bullying's not cool, man. That's why you don't strike me as a bully. I had a gang, though. I had like a gang back me like the brawn. Did you ever beat up Blaine? Like in high school? Oh God, no! You have like a black belt, don't you? I used to. <laughs> I thought you just faded. Do you like lose your black belt? I don't know. I got yeah, it. I was a kid. You have to renew it every two years, or you have to yeah. go back to the beginning. I, I thought I, I thought you got your black belt mainly for quaffing your hair like Jonathan Brandis and sidekicks, though. <laughs> yeah, like you wanted your hair as, as Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I, I wanted, wanted my Brandis. hair as Jonathan Brandis. Wow. Yeah, so. Which uh, which child star did you want your hair like? I wanted to look like myself. <laughs> I was I'm my own hero. <laughs> you had a lot of self respect. I wanted to look like Michael Chiklis. Total narcissist. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's okay. No, I, I couldn't even hear what you just said because I was thinking about what I just said. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I had that problem too, man. But also, you know, so, so you were you you had to you were essentially like the bully in this movie. You had to bully right. John. I, I identified Thomas. more with the bully in this movie. <laughs> wow. can, can we see more of that bully character? He's fantastic. Yeah, I no, no, I want to know his story. That's what many of those tunes about. I just want to see JTT get the crap beaten out of him. Well, it, it, watch Common Ground because oh. we beat the crap out of him. Sweet, uh, my gang, and then I rape him. What? what yeah, I drag you, him into a. Shower. Are you like the football captain or something? It, I mean, don't interrupt him. Captain <laughs> the swim team. We're on a swim oh. team, and he. It's always sports captains. It's always sports captains. I was the yeah. jock, you know, and and he throws this race sort of as an fu to like the team. And we're all mad, and then we beat him up, and the other guys think that's as far as it goes and I'm like no I'm dragging you into the shower and you have to take him into the shower right? yeah and the thing is it was on the first day of shooting too and I barely knew the guy and it was like we're doing this scene that's like something you'd only want to do with someone you know that's a whole different kind of tool time yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you've been saving up that joke Uh, that joke's written on your Uh, hand and sharpie (laughs) that's a tattoo (laughs) actually I'm keeping it (laughs) when I came I went uh <laughs> and I accidentally I called him Wilson. <laughs> the worst thing was that creepy guy looking over the fence <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> so you, that seems to be like a really crazy. awkward thing to do with any actor, let alone someone that you were aware of that your sisters had right. a crush on. Were they jealous? Right. Or yeah. there, there was a moment while, do, while doing. I was just thinking, this is surreal, mm-hmm. just because he his picture had been on the wall growing up, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. now here we are in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you guys weren't professional about it at all. No, no, no. <laughs> no. There was a lot of psychiatric. There was some laughter. After. Laughter. Yeah. Was there actual laughter? That yeah, there was. Yeah. I mean, we, we had to get the we had, light. Yeah, but then yeah. there was not laughter. <laughs> maybe the laser tag invitation was to maybe quell any potential awkwardness. Right, but, extending the olive branch. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's really nice. I, yeah, I didn't take the olive branch, unfortunately. Okay, so our last couple of segments feature arguably the biggest guest that we've had on the podcast. The first is a woman who has a podcast on our network. Her name is Auntie Donahue. She's also written books, and she's very big on Twitter. She's very funny. And here she came on to talk about the sixth sense. The sixth sense. The sixth sense. And about how Haley Joel Osment has a weird head. So enjoy that. And then we have a personal hero of mine, Tommy Chong. And this was a big episode for us. It also features his daughter, Precious Chong, who had a podcast on our network, Sex and the Single Woman. And she was gracious enough to bring her dad along with her to come on our podcast we talked about a movie which was very foundational in who he became and who he is uh i love you alice b toklas it's this crazy movie from the late 60s featuring peter sellers and it's a great episode because tommy chong basically tells all these great peter sellers stories and peter sellers of course was the comic genius behind the pink panther and dr strange love and you know he was an amazing guy so having one legend talk about another legend 
legend was amazing and there are just so many great stories if you haven't heard this episode i urge you to go check it out even if you haven't seen the movies because there's just some great stories i mean i would just do a whole episode of them i guess we did there's a great story where he tells uh about him peter sellers and ricky jay the magician and i don't know it's just great so this is like a taste of that a free taste to get you coming back so uh do check out that episode He's a solid young actor. It's hard to get good kid acting. Yeah. Do you notice that he looks really weird now? He still looks the same oh with the man body. Yeah. <laughs> he has a cashew face. Like his face looks like a cashew. <laughs> a cashew? Oh, I yeah. Right now. <laughs> Did you just look at uh, Joel Osment's face and get hungry? Oh, yeah. Like, Cashew. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you... I feel like a nut. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. <laughs> Next time you come on a podcast, have a rider and demand cashews. Well, there yeah. were mini muffins, though. That's so true. I'm pretty yeah. stoked about that. <laughs> and I'm sitting on a very comfy couch, so that's also very... That's a A++ right there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, I can describe your house for you, too. No, there's you don't... No, no addresses. <laughs> <laughs> Descriptive captions, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I like it. You didn't like Haley Joel Osment. Um. Okay. I'm going to confess something. Okay. And it's really embarrassing. When I saw this movie, he was only I think he's about three years younger than I am, or something like that. Um. And I had a weird crush on him <laughs> oh. because I was so talented, and I I mean, you're, I didn't want to take off his pants or anything, but it was one of those things where I was like, I have a talent crush on him, on that kid, and I also couldn't differentiate between character. An actor, so I was like, he's so tortured, <laughs> like without being like he's a he's a acting boy, like he's an actor and he's twelve, and I mean, get with the program. But yeah, I think he did a good job. Except my teenage heart got confused and wanted to rescue him and then date him when he got old enough. Yeah, right. That's so complicated a crush thing because you had like, a crush on him and it's weird. So now you don't like him because of it? Uh, no, now I don't like him because he just... I was say because he looks weird. That's not mean. He, of, he doesn't seem to be doing anything. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of like, well, well he's, I'm he's, allowed not to like him. He's so good in this, and he was in other movies. Pay it forward was not this. good. No, Pay it forward was man. pretty shit. I never saw that. Dumb. Yeah. Was and Kevin Spacey a ghost? <laughs> just from Die Hard again. Yeah. Don't worry about that. iRobot. Yeah. He was an alien. He was, was he in this? Yeah, he was an iRobot. He was all right in iRobot. Robot. Or AI. Sorry, iRobots with Will Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I wish he was in yeah. AI robot. AI robot. <laughs> Same movie. They could have made those two movies, so I didn't have to watch two of them. Yeah. <laughs> AI was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Like, I like AI. I, that was one of those weird experiences where at the end of the movie, there was, you know, that sort of epilogue. And everyone in the theater laughed. Like, it was like a sold-out show, and everyone was laughing at the movie. Like, I've never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen AI and oh. die. Oh, God, I'm the worst. Everybody listening, I'm so sorry, but I did, <laughs> I did watch the movies we're talking about tonight. Yeah, you right. really should have anticipated all the random things we would bring up. <laughs> I'm a ghost. I should know these things. Yeah. I, what are movies? I died in Ooh, 1803. Sorry, Buster Keen's just grabbing my thigh, so I feel like a little bit... Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You were married, sir. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, we didn't talk about Bruce. I liked Bruce. Bruce Willis was amazing. He like plays like that. The I don't know every every drama movie he's in. He plays his character, especially in Unbreakable. In this like mm-hmm. it's like such a quiet guy that whispers all the time. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Well, there's nothing like this. <laughs> Boy, you got some kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's always kind of doing that, but like it works and. There's that one scene where he's like saying that he can't do these sessions with Haley Joel Osment anymore, and he's like tearing up so much and he can't even look at the kid, and it's so yeah. like heartrending. I like yeah. feel him in that moment. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, I predict someone had a teenage crush on Bruce Willis, didn't they? <laughs> someone still has a crush on Bruce Willis. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> I Don't like, deny it. Retrospect, I sound like a complete pedophile, being like, I had a crush on Haley Joel Osment. I was seriously like 13 at the time. <laughs> no, but also. <laughs> makes you sound like a pedophile as he said I had a crush on when he was 10 and now he looks weird when he, as soon as he oh grew up god. <laughs> oh my god I can't even I can't even contradict that because that's absolutely how I sound we're so. not nice to our guests <laughs> we're just no terrible. no we just call them pedophiles yeah yeah you know that thing you were worried about be worried about it no <laughs> it's not like that at all he is legitimately weird looking now yeah okay, no. thank you thank you like a cashew like a cashew yeah well, the first time I saw the movie, I was in Detroit with Precious's mother, Shelby, 
And we were in this 50 cent theater in the ghetto in Detroit, a very, very rough area. But it was the only thing I could afford at the time. We were, we were very rich. And so um, I had no idea what the movie was about. And then I saw it and it literally changed my life. Wow. Because it's a movie about, you know, Peter Sellers. He plays a, a straight lawyer that ends yeah. up meeting a, a young hippie chick and, and, and gets, <laughs> gets turned on to weed. And it was a, really a story of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was you before? You were Peter Sellers? Uh, yeah, because I was a musician. And then when I met Precious's mother, Shelby, she was a young hippie chick. <laughs> and... and I fell in love, and the, the movie actually prompted us to leave Detroit and move right to Venice Beach, where the movie was shot. Oh, wow. And, and start a life as a hippie, as a hippie couple. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that movie had a lot of effects uh, on us. Yeah, and I mean, you sort of played the iconic hippie in, <laughs> for a lot of the 70s. <laughs> The sort of person that well, we yeah, sometimes. I, yeah, I continued baby. on. You know, <laughs> Peter Sellers, uh, his character in the movie uh, was a straight lawyer, and then all of a sudden he's starting to dress and talk uh, like hippies or trying to. The headband. Yeah, I mean, I, when I think about it, I, I, I just laugh because he was so funny. He was, is such a, was such a beautiful, funny man. But his depiction, and the girl, uh, what's her name? What's her name? The she young was, girl. She was amazing. Oh yeah, her name's. Nancy. She was she was married to Ryan O'Neill. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah Janet. Yeah. I'm not. It's not Janet Lee, but it's no, it's no, uh, no. Lee somewhere in it. Anyway, uh, yeah, it is it Lee Jennifer Lee something. Jennifer Jason no, Lee. No, no, <laughs> no. Was it no? Very young. Jennifer very young. Jason young. Lee. She was no, she was, was gorgeous uh, and yeah. really good. And this she was her first movie. Well, we'll look her up because she just changed my life. And then when I saw and the great the scene, you know the. The cookie scene, you know, yeah, where they, when they eat the brownies. Alice B. Yeah. Toklas cookies, yeah. Because you know the story of Alice B. Toklas, right? Yeah. Uh, People, yeah, you know, yeah. she was uh, Gertrude Stein's lover of, partner. Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein's partner, cookbook. lover. And, and they used to cook, uh, make those brownies. And now they're legal. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, almost here. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We're catching up in I mean, Canada. Brownies oh, are Canada? totally legal. Yeah, we're we're calling you <laughs> yeah, from Canada. Right. So. <laughs> they're, so, still Tommy, to, they're still trying to keep the liquor board working there. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, waiting exactly. for prohibition to clear up, and then we'll get to the point. Yeah. Is it, is yeah, it fair to say? trying to figure out how to sell pot at the liquor store. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're getting there. <laughs> We were just talking about that, actually. Yeah. Is it fair to say without this movie, you might be working in a bank or something right now? Oh, I doubt it. Uh, yeah. I doubt it. Maybe in jail as a bank robber. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be living in a More van like down by the no. river. No. But, you know, that movie actually uh, put me on that road, you know. Wow. Because, you know, when you saw California now, and that's why we have so many homeless here in California. California because everybody can read the weather report. You know, if you're going to be a hippie, if you're going to be a hippie and live in your van, boy, I'll tell you, California's yeah. the place to do it. Yeah, you don't want to do it in like the North Bay. That's the, <laughs> California's. Oh, you can try. Yeah, you exactly. can try, but you can be you get frozen very fast. <laughs> exactly. There's another movie. Uh, I I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Highway 61. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. The yeah. McDonald's film. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great uh, movie. There's that, I, I could have picked that movie, though, although I didn't uh. see a lot of pot smoking. There was some, I think. No, I think it was pot influenced. Yeah, pot <laughs> yeah. written, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's a great but movie. there was a hippie. There was a hippie, but Highway sixty one. Another. I another love that. I, I remember seeing that with you, Dad. I remember that, and I oh, saw okay. what's his name, um, the lead, the guy, Don McKellar. Don McKellar. Oh, I saw Don him at the Writers Awards last year, and I was like, oh my god, I, was, I totally fangirled him, <laughs> oh, and he so was great. he was totally creeped out by me. <laughs> he was like, that's too much. But I'm like, you don't understand, because I remember seeing that with you, Dad. 
and we were just blown away by yeah. that movie. The Alice B. Toklas movie, yeah. I don't remember seeing. I was, I, I wasn't. I, oh no, you were a baby. I, you were I was a baby. I was year. born that year. I know. Don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> I was born that year. I know. Whatever. I'm owning it. Okay. I was born in '68, so I, I was there, but not I, coherent. I think I saw it before, and then I rewatched it. I've seen it, but I didn't watch it like with you. Yeah. But the yeah. reason I thought no, it would, no, 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 the reason no. I thought it would be a good one was because also the Peter Sellers connection. Because I, he was like the first comedian other than you, Dad, of course. Well, actually, I loved him <laughs> as a comedian. Oh, the truth comes out. The, the Pink Panther movies were like, they changed me. Like, I remember being a little kid and laughing so hard that I hit my head on the side of the seat. And I, I remember he was supposed to come to one of your parties in Zuma Beach. Oh. And I really he wanted... Did. Yeah. He did. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I didn't get to oh, meet Peter Sellers. That's like Santa Claus. Oh, you did. I really was like... So excited to see we, we used to show yeah we used to show movies at the Zuma Beach House the Super Eight you know the real to real Super Eight projector then they were rock and roll and, and you could <laughs> yeah we used to rent sixteen millimeter movies wow and uh, and show and show them to Peter <laughs> Peter would come over and he he loved being entertained. Wow! So and uh, oh, Sellers. and I, I, I played yeah. a real mean trick on Precious. I, I showed her the Yearling. Oh, I also Do you remember that movie. That. Yeah, I also thought of picking the Yearling. What, what, how was the, the Yearling a mean trick? Was, <laughs> Why is that a mean trick? Well, the Yearling, the Yearling is one Killed of the me. saddest movies on the planet. <laughs> like you, you, you cannot watch that movie without crying your eyes out because it's a little deer gets killed. I mean, it's no, the it saddest bigger movie. And, and, they and I didn't tell Precious about it. And I remember you, Precious watched it, and then she comes in and she's crying her eyes. You told you didn't tell me. <laughs> you didn't tell me it was dead. That was the saddest movie. <laughs> and she was crying, but she loved to cry. So I, I you know, I any, any to excuse cry. to get her to cry. I, just loved yeah. to cry. I was very dramatic. I liked that. I used to, <laughs> my dad says that I used to like look at myself in the mirror practicing crying or did I yeah, did you I, did. Did. I did wow. I'm an actress you know yeah, yeah. that's good to that. so wait Tommy if you befriended Peter Sellers did you tell him about how this movie impacted your life you can't you, you can never have a conversation like that with Peter Sellers <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you how I met him he was yeah, the, Cheech and Chong fan and so uh, Lou Adler our manager and it was married to or living with Brett Eklund oh, yeah. who had oh, yeah. been married to Peter and they were right. still good friends and so when we did a tour in, in fact Peter Sellers set up a tour for Cheech and Chong in England and wow. so uh, so awesome. when we flew to England, we got off the plane. Actually, uh, the immigration came on the plane and, and, and took Cheech and I, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, off the plane and, and into this little courtyard. And, and in the courtyard, there was a, a white limousine parked there. And as we approached the limousine, the window rolled down, and this big piece of hash, a hand holding this giant piece of hash, which, which was burning. The end of it was burning. It was handed, that was our greeting to welcome to uh, Britain. And that was Peter <laughs> was Sellers. Peter Sellers. It was Peter Sellers. Holding the chunk of hash? Chunk of hash. Burning yeah. in his palm? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was burning, holding it in his hand. It was that big. It was like a, the size of a, of a softball, you know. Like and and, and the corner dream. of the hash was burning. He had lit it, and that was welcome to, uh, of course, we took it and smoked it. And then we got in the, you know, we didn't even have, they got us through immigration without having to see anybody. They just took our passports and, That's probably and then nice. handed them back, and we were <laughs> through. That's how much juice Peter had. And then we then we hung with Peter the whole time, but I I never you know I could never be a fan around him. Right. I was always uh, I was always like watching him <laughs> do his because he really was that nutty guy. Yeah, you know? he seemed like he, yeah, was, he was crazy. He seemed like he was always in character. At least that's what they say about him. That's the, that's the legend, yeah. sort of. He 
would be in some, he's like a little guy, like a little kid. He was always amazed at stuff, you know? Like he was just amazed at teaching Charles, you know? He, he loved our record. Sweet. He'd play him. He was, he was attacking us more than me telling him what, how much I loved his stuff. He was telling us, he was reciting all our records, all our bits. He, knew, he was like the, he was like the comedian's nightmare, you know? <laughs> he, he was doing us. So that's rewatchability for this week. Thanks for sticking with us as we went on this trip down memory lane. I hope that was as enjoyable for you as it was for me. Next week, we'll be back to the regular old shenanigans of talking about old movies. And you probably won't have to listen to us talk to any guests or anything like that. But until then, you can find us on Facebook. Follow us there. We're on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget our Patreon if you wish to donate a few dollars. And you can also help us out by going to TeePublic and buying a t-shirt from the Rewatchability t-shirt store. Okay, so now I'm done recording. I just have to edit all this together. And then I can finally relax. I have to figure out what movie to watch for next week there's no rest hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com/style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com/style